pulling all these together and sticking with our values has really helped us to overcome those challenges that I just shared. But like you were saying, Janet, we've really remained committed to our hardwired system. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. During today's episode and on our next episode, we have three guests from the School District of Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, that will be joining us. Casey Blochowak, the Director of Teaching and Learning. Tina Posnanski, the Principal of Valley View Elementary Schools. And Sue Lee, an Improvement Coach. In Episodes 151 and 152, I connected with Dale Shaver of Waukesha County Government to hear how they collaborated with local schools to monitor COVID transmission and the pandemic itself. Now we'll take an inside look into a school district in Waukesha County and hear about their side of this story and how building leadership capacity has helped them solve critical issues and prepare for the long term. We've had the pleasure of partnering with the School District of Menominee Falls over the past eight years. We've learned together about what works and (laughs) what doesn't work as well. That's what makes this group of leaders so special and so good. You've heard from their superintendent on our past episodes as well, Dr. Corey Gallo. So today, I want to welcome Casey, Tina, and Sue. I want to welcome to our show today. Casey, welcome to our show. Glad to have you. Janet, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. All right. Good to see you all again. Tina, welcome. Hi, Janet. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And Sue, welcome. Janet, so glad to see you. Yeah, I can't wait to to get back up your way, but I think I'll wait till the weather calms down just a little bit before I do. So again, good to good to see your faces on today. So Casey, let's start with you. You've had a commitment to improvement for years. And, you know, I've been had the pleasure of working with all of you in this doing this work over the years. But in particular, how have you navigated the last year? And what have you learned as we've experienced this unfortunate pandemic? Yeah, Janet, that's a, a big, juicy question. And, and I, <laughs> yes, love Casey. First. I love that it's first. And, and as I was thinking about what might be most helpful for individuals listening to this podcast or connecting around improvement work, I really feel like what we've learned is we're not doing improvement work. It's just become part of how we do business here in Menominee Falls. And, and so here's what I, I mean by that. For the past, boy, almost a decade, we've had a really disciplined approach to developing a system and a culture where everyone um, in any role in our district is seen as a problem solver and is empowered to make those changes and to work to overcome barriers based on the work that is closest to them. And those pieces that were just so hardwired throughout our system allowed us to do big, challenging, quick work for our students, for our teachers, for our families, and for the community. We utilized our aligned behaviors, our guiding principles, our relentless commitment to the pursuit of excellence, to feedback loops, 
all of those things were just hardwired to our work and were so critical to uh, what we really believe has been our successful response for our students during this time. Yeah, that's great, Casey. And, you know, I think we have, I've, t- I've tended to use the word agility a lot, <laughs> you know, flexibility and agility, but more specifically agility. And, you know, what I hear from you is the, that foundational work that you all have done over the years really allowed for great agility when things actually changed a little bit, but you had, you could draw on those foundational things and build the agility in, you know, as you were working toward new problems and had the culture set in that way. So I think your, your students and your families are going to benefit tremendously from that. So can't wait to see what those outcomes are as we go. So Tina, I'll shift to you, you know, as a principal, can you tell us how the pandemic has challenged the organization, your school to live the values that you all have? So yes, we've had lots and lots of challenges um, this year that we've had to work together as a team in order to overcome. Um, Some of those challenges were with communication, just working on making sure that it was very clear. So the clarity, the frequency, you know, how often so that way people are receiving that message in a quick manner, but then also that alignment so that we have a consistent communication that's coming from all levels of the organization We also had a lot of systems that just needed to be changed. So we were asked in the, you know, five days to switch from what we have always done, teaching in person to teaching virtually. So that really caused us to really look at all of our systems and talk about how we need to change them, Um, look at all of our mitigation procedures, look at instructional tools, so just so all of the different aspects of our systems. Another challenge was we talked a lot about the engagement of students, joining those virtual lessons, joining the small groups, completing the assignments, and what procedures and what partnerships do we need to create in order to increase that engagement. And then finally, another challenge was feedback, because we're so used to giving that one-to-one feedback when you can just nestle up right next to a student and you can give them their feedback, their glows and grows, but now we had to do it virtually. And so we didn't want to just give praise how can we give actual feedback to students and how frequent can we gather feedback from parents and staff about what's working and what are some areas to help us improve. And so um, increasing that frequency of that feedback as well helped us adjust our systems and our processes along the way. As we're continuing to look down the road, you know, so I'm thinking of, I read the studies of looking at learning losses, right? Learning regression over time. And most of those studies have been done over the summer, but we're, I'm sure we're going to start seeing studies done from year to for the whole year, you know, and so I'm thinking that one of the key benefits will be how that feedback system, your ability to provide feedback to students, the connection with parents in that process. But it'll really, it'll be interesting to see how you've been able to continue to move those outcomes based on that feedback. So just kind of have, I have a mental note, like would really love to see that interconnection and how that drove it as well. So a number of, a number of things there, but really important, Tina. Um, So, you know, just continuing with the conversation with you for a few minutes, how has your improvement journey supported your team's ability to respond to the challenges in the way that aligns to the values? Yeah. So we've really stuck with our values. You know, we really looked at, we put student and staff safety first. We focused a lot on learning and remained focused on learning and keeping our parents as partners 
pulling all these together and sticking with our values has really helped us to overcome those challenges that I just shared. But like you were saying, Janet, we've really remained committed to our hardwired system. So we are still regularly reviewing the data. We're still setting our aggressive goals to see if we can meet those learning goals for students. And we have grade level team meetings where we are really talking about those specific strategies that are working. We've also remained very um, committed to our hardwiring of parent meetings where we huddle around students who might be having some challenges or some struggles and talked about how can we partner with those parents. So what are the roadblocks that are in the way of the student, whether they're at home or whether they're here at school, and what can we do working together in order to remove those? Like I said, our PLCs, we've done a lot of discussion still around those specific strategies and those problem-solving discussions. I've also talked about those frequent feedback loops and that ability to respond quickly. So having, like you said, that agility and not waiting, you know, waiting till the end of the year to make all of the changes. We have made shifts along the way, even when it was hard, but we kept the student as our focus. And then just having the mindset for everyone, you know, where we are solution focused. So we talk a lot about what is the problem? How big is the problem? What solutions do we have, you know, for that problem? And then let's just try it. Like we have to get over being perfect but just focus on getting better. What is that one step that we can take and how can we continue to remove those roadblocks so students can be successful? So keeping that aim on the student learning has helped us a lot. Yeah, so Tina, just curious. So when you're, you know, some of it is what your teachers are doing and the infrastructure you have in classrooms, connection with parents. When you're connecting with your team of teachers and you're doing that in the virtual environment, you've had to do that in the virtual environment as well, right? So, I mean, is that like a, like a, a structured connection? You know, just kind of curious, like, have you been able to continue those connections with your teachers? Yeah, so we do all of our staff meetings virtually, um, but we have really stayed committed to those same exact processes. So the same exact procedures that we did sitting around the table together, we have continued virtually. And yeah, you know, we do small little staff meetings, you know, get to know. And at the beginning in the summer, we met a lot more often than I've ever met with staff over the summer. And we did take some time just to do, you know, some of the think of one thing to share that was good today or, you know, some of those things just to remain connected at that deeper level. But as the school year has started, we've really just stayed committed to those exact same procedures that we used in person. Great. Yeah, I think really important there. So, and and probably like us, learned a lot of, we didn't realize what we could do virtually, you know, yes. that we can do now and probably will change some of our pra habits of practice as we move forward because of it. So thanks for sharing that. So Casey, let's come back up to the district level for a few minutes and then I'll end the day with um, going back, going to Sue at the classroom level more specifically, but looking at it from an instructional perspective, you know, how has your improvement journey supported your team's ability at that district level to respond to the challenges and align to the values. Yeah, thanks, Janet. I, I, I want to loop back to something that you shared a, a few moments ago in, in terms of our understanding of how learning might be impacted during this time. We were looking at some of those same studies that looked at impact on summer slide and summer learning loss. And in June, we pulled together a group of teachers as we started 
to kind of see the writing on the wall and realize this would likely be a, a situation that would extend into the fall for us and really set a clear pathway with some guardrails for teachers to get their thinking going on an idea that was going to be a, a cascading practice priority for us. So we set the idea that our academic priority moving into the 2020-21 school year would be on grade level outcomes for students and at the secondary level on course outcomes for students. We did not want to move forward into this year with um, a sense of remediation or operating from a deficit, but looking for ways to ensure that we could lift all students up and do those just-in-time supports for them as they move through the school year. I could not be prouder, Janet, of our team. At every point, we have come to them and said, doing nothing isn't an option. There's going to be a lot of times along the road where we're going to say, hmm, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. You're closest to the work. How might you be able to help us navigate through this? I think I said that more times in the last nearly a year than in my whole life put together. But I think that that has just continued to empower our team with that just pervasive commitment to providing uh, service to our students and our family during this time. That's wonderful. You know, it's, I, th I was having a conversation the other day with someone and we were just kind of talking about the concept of accountability for outcomes. Cause one thing I heard you say, heard, heard very significant Casey with what you all did is you didn't lower your expectations or you didn't say, Oh, we're not going to be accountable this year. You know, when in many ways we might have, you know, buys a buy in our system, so to speak, this year, because people don't really know how to manage to that same accountability system and process at the larger systems level, the state levels, for example. But what I heard you all say is, you know, we didn't that we weren't concerned about that because we still wanted the same outcomes as we would have had at as we were moving forward without the, the pandemic. And um, I just congratulate you all on that because at some point that's going to catch up with individuals who didn't do that. But, you know, you, you, you didn't do it for any of those reasons. You did it because it's the right thing to do for students and their families. And I know that and you all, you know, so with that in mind, Sue, you know, you're, you have the pleasure of really working with classroom teachers at that classroom level. So when you're thinking about this work in classrooms, what supported, you know, your response in the way that you worked with teachers to help them through this past year? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And you're right, I do have the pleasure of working um, closely with the classroom teachers, which is really where the good work is happening. And I'm going to say, so one thing that really supported my work with them, and there's a number of things, but is my own personal mission of building capacity in people and purposely implementing and supporting effective educational practices. So I'm going to build them up, we're going to use the best stuff, and we're focused on that student learning. And all of those things really fit together with our guiding principles that we put in place about student, staff, health and safety, and then student learning when the crisis began and our, our district name. So we really had like that clear focus the whole time of where we were going. And that helped us make every decision that we needed to make. Our core beliefs around people, service, community and excellence that all played into how I helped teachers because I could keep pulling them forward to what we were really trying to do. 
And that line of sight clarity that we had from Corey, from Casey, and from Tina the entire time, we had that consistent messaging that really made the difference when I was working with a classroom teacher, because I knew that we were all on the same page going in the same direction. So that was, that really empowered us to do, like give us that safety net to do hard things. And in fact, to try hard things, because we were in a position to do things that we had never done in ways that we had never even thought that we could. And so that mindset that Tina talked about and that Casey talked about, we all have, so you can, you can feel it kind of cascading through the entire organization, is that we got over perfect. Like we didn't have time to waste. We couldn't figure out, well, what if, what if, what if? We just said, we're going to start, we're going to do it. And tomorrow we might have to make a change. It might be a big one or a little one, but we were focused on keeping our students learning, keeping our people safe we know that we were doing the right work. And Tina also talked about trust. The trust that we had was there. Trusted teachers, they trusted me. We trust each other now in a way, like I can't even describe how deep it is because we had to. Yeah. More than ever needed each other. And we knew that, you know, we were there. So I trusted them to do their best work. I trusted them to know their curriculum. And they trusted me when they said, I don't know how to do this. And I said, I don't know how to do it either. Let's learn together. And we laughed together. We cried together. We picked each other up off the floor together and we made it happen. So um, that's pretty exciting. Really a great way to summarize the day, Sue, you know, our time together today. We have a, another episode. We'll come back and, and dive a little bit deeper and ask some additional questions. But one of the things that you just reminded me of, I've had, again, had the pleasure of working with you all for years and watch your growth and development and, and what you've done, you know, that's just spectacular. I also have an opportunity to work with institutions or organizations, districts for the first time. So they're just creating their emotional bank accounts, you know, that emotional bank account question. And what you're, you know, what you described is over the years, you all have really really filled your emotional bank account. And every now and then I'm sure you felt you had to cash in, but but you could cash in and then fill it back and cash in and fill it back and kind of equalize or even make it. And now probably have even a bigger emotional bank account of trust, you know, after the year. And I'm just, just thinking now about before anyone can even build some of the systems and processes, what I've learned over the last year is that for people who haven't had the opportunity to fill that emotional bank account, that has to be done first to build that trust in some way in order to move forward. And I think that's kind of what I heard each of you say today is you you didn't just get it because it's there. You got it all this all over the years of how you've done the work and, and really helped people. And also Casey and Tina and Sue, as you said, listen to what the what people needed. And you're able to respond to them and you you trust them and they trust you. So just to, again, appreciate it today and look forward to our, our next episode as we continue this conversation. So thank you very much for today. What a remarkable team. And, and there's more to come next, next episode. We'll continue this conversation. And right now, I just want to thank Casey, Tina, and Sue for joining me today. And stay tuned for more on this topic. I am looking forward to it. To learn more about our upcoming virtual events, like our leader roundtables and destination high performance, visit studereducation.com slash events. I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast, rate us on iTunes if you'd like, and find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. 
have a great week.